0: Man, it's so awesome. I love what God is doing in the hearts and lives of people. He's transforming lives, right? He's changing the trajectory of people's stories and their journeys. And if that's you and you're saying, hey, I, 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 I need to go public with my faith and baptism, we'd love for you to do that. And so if you, if you have questions about that or want to talk about that, come talk to me. We, we're, we're hoping to fire up the tank get it out here before Easter, around Easter time, um, and do that. But you can also register at soundlifechurch.org slash baptism and get signed up for that. But let's just, you know, it's, it's such a cool thing to celebrate, right? God changing lives. And God is, if he's doing that in your heart and life, i love, we'd love to hear about it, hear what's going on, and uh, help you take those next steps uh, of baptism here at SoundLife Life Ordain. And so uh, make sure you guys do that. Make sure you sign up for that. You can talk to me like I to service or whatever. If you have questions, we'd love to do that. But we're in a series called Start With No. Right? We've been talking about starting with no, and this whole 2024 year we've been saying no. Turn never say no. Oh, okay. Right, I let you guys let you guys do that, you know, just because it just helps. Sometimes just to let a good no out, right? Um, no, our screen is white, okay. it's still working. No. <laughs> right, we talk about, talk about saying no, and uh, I don't know about you, I'm pretty stubborn. Anybody else stubborn? Okay, you can, you can admit to that, right? You can admit. Yes, you're, you're pointing at people. Okay, all right. Hey, <laughs> this guy's stubborn. I see some elbows coming out. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, we end up being stubborn. I know that I do. And I like doing projects, you know, but I just get stubborn sometimes, right? And we have tools that help us to accomplish projects, to, you know, do things. And, you know, I have my hand, a screwdriver. And uh, it's it's a good tool, right? You have a Phillips screw tip. You know, you need to just... Screwed in? You just use the tool, right? Well, I am one who is stubborn and has refused to buy a drill. Yeah, and you guys are like, "What are you doing, Pastor?" Tedder? I'm like, "Why would you do that?" Like, I don't know. I just don't know why. I, I, I've always just borrowed drills. I, it's a weird thing. I don't know. But I'm stubborn, and so and you know, if I, if you know, I have a lot of strength. You know, I do some push-ups here and there. You know, I can, I can do this, right? It's the stubborn part of me. Well. As I think about that, as you guys know, you know, like, this only goes so far. Darren strength only goes so far. You're trying to screw something into the stud in the wall, and all of a sudden, like, you're just ripping the screw, you know, open and ruining it and stripping it. Uh, And so I, I was thinking about that the other day, and I found this drill in a closet here. Oh wow! Imagine the power that I now have. Right? Right? Part of my job is maintaining the building, keeping things good. And so, you know, I'm always like, Danielle, where's my screwdriver? I'm like fixing stuff, fixing the toilet, whatever it is. Fixing a light. I'm like, look for my screwdriver. Well, I found this in a closet. Now I got some power. Right? Now I got some way to do some work. I can stop being so stubborn, right? It's a game changer, right? Having power changes everything, right? Having power allows you to do more, allows you to take things to the next level. And today as we talk about saying no to certain things in our life, we're going to say yes to the right things, the the yes to the things that will empower us, that will give us what we need, right? And as we've been talking, we've been talking about these, this tug of war that goes on in our lives, in our journeys, right? These pressures that come in, we have been saying no to being, you know, isolated, what we talked about last week, of leaning into isolation where the enemy wants to get us, right? Get us alone, get us off in, in, in our own space where he can try to take us out, right? We've been talking about saying no to busyness, and hopefully as you've worked through these first 21 days, you've been able to say no to some things on your calendar and say yes to time with Jesus, We're finishing up our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And we've had, for the last 21 days, people showing up at 6 a.m. here to pray. Know that. We've been showing up to pray and, and say no to the busy things of our life. We say no to the busyness and say yes to rest that God wants to give us. Yes to Sabbath. Yes to the things that God wants to give us. We say no to the lies. We said that the first week of this month, January 7th, we said there's the enemy who's trying to steal, kill, and destroy, who's trying to speak lies into our hearts, and what do we need to do? We need to say no to those lies and yes to the truth, right? Yes to the things that we know is true and that has stood the time, the test of time of truth, right? We need to say yes to uh, no to feeding our body and say yes to feeding our spirit, Many of you joined us in fasting in different ways. Maybe it was social media or fasting during the day or fasting a whole day's worth of food. Whatever it was, continue that on. Continue to find out ways and go pursue the Lord and say, God, what do you want me to do to get closer to you? Right As we go and as we walk for life, it's checking our, having checks in our spirit, checks in our hearts to say, God, am I focused on the wrong things? Help me to get focused on the right things. Right? That's why we're starting with no. That's why we're saying no. You see, we have to say no to the wrong things in order to say yes to the right things. Right? to say no to the wrong things. We have to be ruthless at it at times. Right? There's a lot, and that's the thing. Sometimes we say no to good things to say yes to the best things. Right? To the things that will. Right? We say no to the hand power to say yes to the real power. Right? We have to, to do that in our journeys, and today we're going to talk about saying yes to the Holy Spirit, saying yes to the Holy Spirit, who wants to guide, who wants to direct, who is, who's promised to dwell inside of us and be with us and be that, that, that person of God with us no matter what, and so as we jump into God's word today, let's take a moment to pray uh, for our service, pray for our hearts, and uh, we'll jump in. So Lord, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for your word that's alive and powerful. God, that cuts through the lies and delivers the truth every time, Lord. God, we pray that you would speak to us today, Lord, that your heart would be in our hearts, God, that we'd hear your voice. And, Lord, that we would pursue you, Jesus, today. We'd posture ourselves in a way to experience your presence, God, in a real and tangible way, Lord. We thank you in your name. Amen. Amen. You see, the Bible puts these pressures in our lives into two categories. Right, he, puts it, he, put, he puts it into two categories, which makes it easy, but also difficult at times, right? It's like, as I read the Bible, a lot of times I'm like, man, that sounds so easy, but then practically, it's like, that's so difficult. Right? We did that with our kids this weekend, this week with uh, fasting screens and TV and media and things like that at different points. And they, get, you know, normally in the morning they wake up and you know, Daddy has on Sports Center, right? Check out on Sports. And so Drew walks out and he's like, "Are we watching Sports Center?" I'm like, "No, son, you going to read your Bible." Um, you know, at the end of the evening, you know, kids come home from school. Can we turn on Bluey? And then we're like, "No, you know, no Bluey this afternoon. You can spend some time. You can play some Legos. You can, you know, all those different things." And so like, there's those little battles inside of us when it comes to saying yes to the right things. But we know that there's these pressures in our hearts, right? There's the, the sinful nature versus the spiritual nature, right? Paul says it so clearly in his letters to, to the church and in Romans. He always talks about how he wants to do what he, what he knows he should do, but he does what he knows he shouldn't do, right? And we end up in that place all the time in our hearts. He says this in Romans 8, 6. He says, letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Right? And if you've been following along and joining us, our our emphasis this year is scripture memorization as a church. Right? And so if you haven't grabbed one of these, there's one in the back. But every week we're going to be memorizing a verse. Oh, and it's just, like I'm not going to do a check-in on you guys. like, you know, call you up on Thursday. I have not memorized your verse yet. Um, Sunday <laughs> morning, pop quiz, right? But this week, Isaiah 26.3, it says, he will keep in perfect peace those who trust in him, all whose thoughts are fixed on him, right? And this is what we see here in Romans 8.6. He says, let the spirit control your, when you let the spirit control your mind, it leads to life and peace. Right, the sinful nature versus the Holy Spirit nature constantly at battle within us. This tug-of-war going on. You see, in our culture, we have a very negative connotation around the idea of being controlled, don't we? Right? Don't control me, don't tell me how to live my life. You know, you're not my real dad, kind of thing. Right? We don't want to be controlled. Or right? we don't want people to tell us what to do. We like to think that we're in the driver's seat. But here's what what I've come to know is that we are actually always under the influence of something or someone, the question is what? Right? We're always, there's something always trying to vie for our attention and vie for leadership in our life and in our heart, but the question is, what is that thing? You see, the Bible indicates that there's only one way that we're actually in control of anything and that's when we partner with the Holy Spirit who can help lead us in our lives. Right, that we, we give the reins over, we have, we have somebody who can be that GPS, that God-positioning system in our life. That's what the Holy Spirit can be for us as we journey and as we walk with Him. Galatians 5, and 23 talks about this self-control coming from a Spirit-filled and led life. When we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, all those things, we're like, yes, we want those things in our lives. And He inserts that last one called self-control. And we're like, come on, I want, the, I want the good fruit, Jesus, you know, like give me the good fruit. And then self-control is like, oh, it's a little difficult. But that's what happens when we partner with the Holy Spirit. Like right? the fruit of our, of our lives, the fruit of our lives come out in that way. Paul, Romans 8, as we've been talking, he talks about how this works inside of us. When we submit and we follow and are led by the Holy Spirit. He says, therefore, in Romans 8, 8, 12 through 14, he says, therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do, right? And that's that's where we get hung up because we know the power of addiction. We know the power of of things that that steal away our mind, our thoughts, our desires, right? We know that these things are difficult, but here's what Paul is saying. He said, we have no, no obligation to do what our sinful nature urges us to do. Hear that. Right? You're not obligated to do those things. For if you live by, by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. Right? There's that, that battle line there. The battle line has been drawn. Sinful nature versus spiritual nature. Sin versus the spirit. And the battle's here. And we don't have to live here. We have the victory. We have the guide. We have the power. We have the strength. We have what we need. He says, for all who are led by the spirit of God are children of God. And I love that Paul emphasizes children there because who, you know, as we talk about in the, the family environment, right, children submit to leadership in their lives, Parents, you are leaders of your children. You are guides and helpers of your children. When we are a part of the family of God, when we're led by the Spirit of God, we are His children. Right? That's letting go of control. Right? That's saying, I'm going to submit. That's saying, I'm going to follow the way that He leads me. You see, when the Spirit of God is in control, He offers us leadership and power to be who we were created to be. Right when we allow the Holy Spirit to saturate our hearts, to saturate our lives, to be, to help us make the decisions, to lead us and guide us, and, and walk with Him, and battle in our hearts versus the sinful nature that tries to rear its ugly head at every single moment. Right, we get to be and walk out who He's created us to be. When the Spirit of God is in control, He offers us leadership and power to be who we were created to be. You see, that's the goal, that we let the Spirit of God be in charge. We let that we 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 submit to the the leader and we allow him to lead us. You see, Jesus prepared his disciples for his departure by talking a lot about this. He talks a lot about the Holy Spirit. He talks a lot about about what the time that he was coming, and as his disciples, as you read, (coughs) as you read through the, the scriptures, you see his disciples weren't too excited about Jesus leading. Right, they're like, you know, Jesus is doing amazing things. He's doing the miraculous. He's healing the sick. He's helping, you know, doing amazing things. And they're spending time with Jesus, the Creator of the universe. And the disciples are like, man, Jesus, you can't go. Like, you you started something great here. You're doing amazing things. Why would you? Why would you leave now? Right? You said you're going to save the world. And they're constantly battling, but Jesus gives them this hope, this truth right, These, the sin the, the, the that they can hold on to knowing that it's better for him to go and that's, a lot of it's found in John chapter 14, 15, and 16 but just in a snippet of John 14, uh, verse uh, 15 through 17 he says, if you love me he's talking to disciples, he's talking to us followers of Jesus, followers of him he says, if you love me, obey my commandments right, we can look back through look through the, the red letters and the red text that we see in our, our, our Bibles Go to Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, the Sermon on the Mount, and see what Jesus commands, right? See what he calls us to do. He says, and he says, if you love me, obey my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later. Will be in you. So Jesus points out the Holy Spirit. He says, "Hey, you need to lean into the Holy Spirit. When you follow God, when you follow Me, and you follow My commandments and live in a way that honors the Father, right? He will give you the Advocate. He will give you the Holy Spirit. And so, if we're going to live by the, if we're going to be led by the Spirit, the first thought here that we see is that we have to commit our lives to serving Jesus. Right, just what Jesus invited His disciples to do. Right? Come, follow Me, and I will." Teach you to be fishers of men. Come follow me and see. Come see what I can do. And like the disciples saw amazing things. 5,000 being fed. Jesus walking on water, right? And as we look at Luke in a minute, they see Jesus transfigured, right? Amazing, amazing things. But we have to commit our lives to serving Jesus to be led by the Spirit right, Jesus and the, the Holy Spirit that's why I always try to tell people, like Jesus and the Holy Spirit they, they, they are in unity, right, the God head of, 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 of God God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they are in unity mutually submissive to each other and they are in unity in this way, Jesus says I will send the advocate, he says we can't receive the spirit until we recognize Jesus as our king right, that's what he's saying Like with the people, they don't, they, they don't recognize it, they don't see him because they're not looking for me, because they're not looking for me you see, when the Spirit comes in our lives, right, that's when we submit to Jesus. But how do we get to know Him? And as I've mentioned before, the, the Bible is the starting place for that. And the Bible is the starting place, right? We can get to know Jesus, right? In Colossians, it says Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. He helps us know God's heart, know who He is. And as we learn to walk out what the Spirit's doing in us, it should be in alignment with what God is doing, right? As we read through Scripture, as we process things together, Right, you see, every word spoken by God through his Holy Spirit, as we see in 2 Timothy 3.16, that his word is alive and powerful. Right? That it is, it is inspired by God, useful for teaching, preaching, writing, correcting. Right? That is all scriptures God breathed. Every word spoken by God through the Holy Spirit. You see, Jesus envisioned this as the foundation, but not the end product. Right, that this foundation that he was laying for his disciples was not to be forever. That he would send his people. That he would empower us, his disciples, his followers, his children, as we talk about what Paul said, right, to do his work, to do good works, and to be his representative into the world around us. So the first thing that we have to do is we have to commit our lives to serving Jesus and following Him. The second is we have to go to the Bible as a starting place. The third is we need to recognize the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. Recognize that He has a place. That there is a, a place for Him as we walk. And that word that Jesus uses there, it's, a, it's a, a Greek word in a lot of ways. It's a word called paraclete. Maybe you've heard that in church, maybe not. You're like, what's a paraclete? Paraclete is, is, is you know, tried to define in our English. But a paraclete is an advocate, right? It is a helper, a counselor a comforter, right? We would say it as like a coach, a mentor, a guide. That is a paraclete. And so when Jesus says, I will send, you, I will give you another advocate. I will give you a paraclete, somebody who will walk with you and guide you, mentor you, right? Teach you, remind you as you're going. This helper, this counselor, right? He used to be one, the, He's the only one like Jesus, because he is Jesus. One of the three persons of the Godhead. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, just like Jesus, right? He is God. But here's what we get to know about the Holy Spirit is that he will never leave you. Jesus tells him, hey, he's not going to leave you. I have to go. And we know Jesus, it says in Scripture, Jesus goes to the right hand of the Father and he pleads on behalf of humanity. He hears our prayers and submits them to the Father on behalf of us. And here we see the Holy Spirit doesn't leave us. He lives inside of us. He lives inside of us. He leads us into all truth as that mentor, as that coach. You see, the bottom line is that the Holy Spirit leads us in living out God's way in a broken world. Right? And we see that. We've talked through the first nine or or eight or nine chapters of Acts called the Jesus Way series this fall. Right? And we're living out the Jesus Way. Right? The church in Acts was full of the Holy Spirit. Right? That's when the Holy Spirit broke out. When we see that happening the hearts and lives of his church, changing the dynamic, changing how they viewed the world, how they viewed others. You see, the Holy Spirit leads us into living out God's way in our broken world. We need that guide. Like I said, like that God positioning system to navigate the world, to have that voice in our head that says, you know, recalculating, redirecting, right? You're going down the wrong path and you're taking a left instead of a right. And the Holy Spirit says, ah, stop. Turn around. At the next light turn around, you know? And you keep going, at the next light, turn around. I I set my Siri as a British accent, just because I really like, you know, at the next light, turn around, you know? Like, I'm like, yes, I'm turning around. Um, Or I'm not, so I can hear your voice again. Um, But we need that GPS in our life, and that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do, right? To help us reorient, to recalibrate, and refocus our mind and our thoughts on the right direction, on the right things. That's where he empowers us to reveal those things in our sinful nature inside of us that we know is not right. right? Those sin things, those sinful things that we, that we battle with, we struggle with, that the enemy tries to keep us t- attached to and tangled with. And we submit those things, and the Holy Spirit says, Hey, let's work on that. I got the power for that, I got the wisdom for that. I got the Jesus people who are full of me better that can help me with that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads us to living out God's way in our broken world. He does that in two, two ways generally. First way is that he gives us wisdom. That the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. The ability to understand how to apply the truth of Scripture in our real life situations. Right? If we, with, through the power of the Holy Spirit, we read this. He speaks to us through it. Right? I know at some points I'm reading through this Scripture. And he, and I, you know, God, he speaks to me. And he says, man, Jesus said that. And he says, man, that speaks to the situation you're in right now. Right? When we partner his word with the Holy Spirit, it helps us to understand. It helps us to understand life and life to its, the, the, its full. It gives us the ability to understand how to apply the truth of scripture to our real life situations. That's why knowing scripture is a starting point. That's why memorization this year, I encourage you to do it. As difficult as it is, I'm not good at memorizing. I'm good at paraphrasing Right. A lot of times when you hear me quote a scripture, that's on my notes. I'm like paraphrasing it because I'm like, this, it's you know, it's the International Darren version, which isn't a real version. Um, so if I ever paraphrase something wrongly, like so wrongly, please come talk to me, and so I can correct that. Um, but I'm really trying to focus this year to memorize these scriptures. Right. This week's scripture you're memorizing, 2 Timothy. Right. God is not giving you a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and sound mind. Right. Those are those are things that we can speak over tumultuous situations. It's the first that we can claim over the hard things of our lives. We feel like things are getting difficult. We can say, God, you've not given me that spirit of fear or timidity but of sound mind or self-discipline in other ones. And I'm like, I love like sound mind better. Self-discipline, that's that means I have to do some work. Man, that's what the Holy Spirit does in us. He does that work. He helps us do that work. That's why Scripture's the starting point. He gives us wisdom. The second, the Spirit gives us power. Spirit gives us power, the ability to do what God wants us to do. Right? It says the same power, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you and me, can live in me and you. Right? That breath, right? When God talks about the spirit, when he talks about it in Acts chapter 2, and we see the breath that he gives humanity. Ruha Hakodesh, right? The Holy Spirit, that breath. Right, that's what he wants to be inside of us. Just our breath. Inhale, exhale. Right, we think of, a, as you look at the words Yahweh, you see that in, in Hebrew, right? Yahweh. It right, symbolizes our breath. In, God, out, God. Breathing. That's what Holy Spirit wants to Give us the power to do what He wants. And that's one that's difficult for us to get our heads around sometimes. So like, I'm a human, finite understanding, God's infinite, you know, omniscient. Like, we don't quite think of the same levels of God as we think we do at times. The Holy Spirit helps us understand. He gives us power, right? Internal power to overcome our sin and addictions as we talked about in Romans 8. He gives us that power to walk those out. Sometimes it's miraculous in a moment. Sometimes the Spirit walks with us and leads us through those addictions. And we can claim the victory knowing that He's with us and giving us that power to overcome it. The second, He gives us the power of an external power, right? To do amazing things, going beyond our limits Right, beyond our understanding, beyond our wisdom, right to show Jesus and his goodness to the world around us. Right, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He gives us internal victory and power to overcome the sin in our hearts and our lives. And he gives us external power to do amazing things in this world. That's what we see in, in Luke chapters 9, 10, and 11. I'm going to kind of give you like a 20,000 foot view of this, these three chapters. Because there's a lot here, and I encourage you to read it, of, of Jesus' ministry. But Jesus, he does something with his disciples here. He sends them out. In Luke chapter 9, verse 1 through 1 and 2, he says, One day Jesus called together his twelve disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Right? Wouldn't that be awesome? Right? He gathered these twelve men. And he says, Hey, you have the power to cast out de- demons and kill, cure all diseases. And we're like, man, give me the power to cure cancer. Give me the power to cure this. Give me, like I, I want, I want those things. He says then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So he gathers these 12 men as we've talked about. He called them to be fishers of men. He empowers them. And he says, go. Right? Share about me. Share about my goodness. Share about my kingdom. Right? Share about the kingdom of God and heal the sick. Walk in my power. Walk with what I'm empowering you with. And so the disciples that go out and do that, like I said, you can read that in Luke chapter 9 and see what ends up happening. They, you know, they, they go out and do those things. They have you know, amazing experiences. Uh, then we see Jesus feeds the 5,000. They're, like I said, mentioned the transfiguration and amazing just stuff of, of the Lord when they walk empowered by him. But then in Luke chapter 10, he, Jesus does another thing. He says in verse 10, verse 1, he says, the Lord now chose 72 of the disciples. And set them ahead in pairs to all the towns he planned to visit. And so he empowers the 12 and he sends them, right? And they return. He empowers the 72 and they go and do the work of the Lord. And then it says this in verse 17 through 20, recounting what it, when they returned. It says, When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Is that awesome? Even the demons, right? When we showed up in the name of Jesus, in the empowerment that you gave us, Jesus, we, even the demons, obeyed us. Jesus said this, yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He says, look, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. You can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Right, the snakes and scorpions in that culture, in that time, for the Hebrew people were really, they used those to, to, to you know symbolize the demonic powers. Right? Because they were prevalent in the area and they would sneak up on you out of nowhere, and you'd be like we don't they didn't have doors and windows and things, and so a snake or a scorpion could be in your house and come and come and get you. And as we see here, what, G, what Jesus does, he gave them gives them the power to crush those things, the enemy that we see here. The demonic. Nothing will injure you, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Look what Jesus does here. He turns their heart not on what they're doing, because we can get pretty prideful. Catching. Jesus, look what I did. Right? Snakes crush. Scorpions crush. I'm pretty awesome. No, Jesus says, don't rejoice in that. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. Rejoice because the spirit inside of you has marked you as his children, His child. Right? That's why Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he says, hey, Lord, he, he tells the people, he, says, he tells Timothy to guard the good deposit. Right? Guard that good deposit. The Holy Spirit is a, it's a deposit. Right, it's, it's an inheritance. It's a, a connection with the, the kingdom of God. That's why we have to lean into the Holy Spirit to say, I need you to help me walk in this sinful world, to work out my sinful nature, to battle the enemy, because I can't do it alone. I need you. And he walks with us. You see, the the Spirit empowers us to declare and demonstrate the power of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection for all people. That's what the Spirit empowers us to do. As I mentioned, we see that demonstrated over and over in the book of Acts. So how do we live in the Spirit? How do we have access to the Holy Spirit? If we follow Jesus, if you said yes to Jesus, you have access to the Holy Spirit. He wants to live inside you and walk with you. If you haven't said yes to Jesus today, you can do that. Today, you can say yes to him. But this is what Jesus says in regards to the Holy Spirit and, and having access to him and walking in the Spirit. He says this in verse eleven or chapter 11, verse 9 through 13 in Luke. He says, and so I tell you, keep on asking. And you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks on the door, knocks, the door will be opened. He's right? saying, hey, continue to pursue. Hey, pursue the Spirit. Pursue the things of God. Right? This is encompassed in the teaching about prayer. God says, go to God. Be fervent after God. Pursue Him. Ask, knock. He says, your fathers, you fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Right, Did you see that in another reference to the snakes and the scorpions. So you as a dad or a mom in this room, your kid's like, hey, I want some bread or a fish, and you're like, here's a snake. Right, maybe some cultures do that, right? You might fry the snake up or whatever. <laughs> but we don't do that in Washington, okay, right? Yeah. No, he says, if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. He says, so if you sinful people, that's all of us, right? We can, we can, so we can put that on our shirt. Hello, my name is Sinful There." <laughs> he says, if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? How much more does God want for you and for me? How much more can He give us if we submit to Him? And walk with him and say, God, I need you to deal with this. God, I need that internal, you know, the internal sinful nature to be crushed inside. Of That's why Paul is consistently, constantly using the terms, put it to death, kill it. And I'm like, those are pretty harsh, right? But that we have to be ruthless. The Holy Spirit lets us and empowers us to do that. And then we get the Holy Spirit to do amazing things, to empower us to do amazing things in the world around us. Because when we have it in him, inside of us, And God says, man, I'm sending Darren today to do this. I'm going to send Danielle to meet this person. I'm going to empower you to do amazing things today. And so what does Jesus say? He says that we need to ask. We need to seek. We need to knock. We need to pursue him over all things. We need to nonstop asking. God, I just want you. I need you. Fill me. We need to wait and be expectant. Right, that's what our, our hope of Sunday morning is, that we show up on a Sunday morning so we can be filled up, so we can get some fuel in the tank to take on the week empowered. power. Right? When we gather together as God's family, we know that we're going to be scattered as God's family, don't we? Right? We're not all going to the same jobs this week, we're not all going to the same houses, like, all those things, you're like, great, I'm so glad that's not happening. Right, um, But we, we gather and then we scatter. But what we come to do on Sunday mornings is to get that fuel in the tank. Right, to realign our hearts and say, God, fill me up, fuel me up to take on what you have for me. Right, If we have some sin that we need to confess, man, this is the time to do it. Lay it down at the altar. God, I, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Deal with this inside of me. Help me to walk out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday in a way that aligns with you. Right? We can pray for each other. We can lay hands on each other. And if you're going through a hardship, going through a hard time, your job is falling apart, your family falling apart, you have brothers and sisters in this room that want to say that are aligned with the Spirit inside of you and want to pray with you and say, God, do a work in this, in this situation. That's what we get to do as a church family. That's what we get to do as a family of God through the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, ask. He says, wait, knock, be expectant. And he says, trust the Father's promise. Trust. So, what are we expecting when we ask? We're expecting to be filled. We're expecting that God's going to meet us, that He's going to do that work inside of us. Ephesians 5 15 through 18. Paul reminds the, the church there. He says, So be careful how you live, don't live like fools but like those who are wise. Right? That true wisdom, that wisdom that we need that the Holy Spirit can, can provide. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days, and then we can know that we are living in some evil days. right? Since the beginning, uh, since Jesus died, resurrected, and we're waiting for him to return, we know the, the, the evil days are here. We see it all around us. He says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. He says, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants to do. And then he says, don't be drunk. With wine because that will ruin your life instead be filled with the Holy Spirit and he uses a a reference that many many of us can can understand with the idea of being drunk with wine right something that is influencing you right we say that don't drive under the influence right don't be influenced by these things there's this contrast of influences that we see here to be full of or under the influence of things that lead to deception what does what does alcohol do right It, it muddies your mind Right? What do other things do? What do addictions do? What do they, you know, when we're focused on the wrong things, right? whether it be an addiction to media, as you've been fasting those things, you're like, man, I just want to pick up my phone and go to social media. Boom, 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 boom. Like that's, like that becomes the way we think. Right? We're under the influence. Why are they called influencers on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all those things? We're under the influence of something, but these things that we're under the influence of leads to deception, disappointment, And ultimately, death. The other question here, the other thing that parallels it, is the spirit. Are we full of or under the influence of a mentor, of a guy who leads us and empowers us to flourish? Who leads us and empowers us to live that abundant, life-giving life? That's the parallel there. What are we under the influence of? As I mentioned, Paul uses a pretty clear one for us. To look at it, to ponder and to, to look at our lives and say, man, what is, what is influencing? What is controlling me? What is, am I focusing on? And so the question I have for us today as the worship team comes up and gets ready is what is the greatest influence in your life? What is the greatest influence? What is the greatest influence? What are you focused on? What empowers you? What fills you up? What do you give to and look to for strength? Is it that Holy Spirit? Is it, is it the things of God or is it the things of this world that are trying to scream and steal and, and, and lead us in a, the wrong direction? That's why we have to say no to one. We have to say no to that sinful nature. We have to say no to those things and say yes to the other. That's on us. That's our choice.
1: Right? We have to stand
0: and knock on the door and say, God, help me.
1: That's our choice.
0: We have to seek out the Lord. God, I need you. Lord, this situation is unbearable. This addiction is difficult. This home situation is not going to fix itself. And God's like, I know, I'm here to help. We have to ask, seek, knock, pursue Him. You have to want God to lead you more than all other things. We have to want that. And while the other things, all the other things are screaming at us, saying, hey, this is the way, this is the right way, do this, do that, self-help, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit's knocking on our hearts a lot of times, and saying, Hey, I'm, I'm here. If you claim to be a follower of Jesus and you believe that he died and resurrected and went to heaven and he's on the, the right hand of God on behalf of you, if you believe that, the Holy Spirit's here. Jesus said, I gotta go. I'm gonna send the advocate. I'm sending the paraclete, I'm gonna empower my people. Not just here in Jerusalem, not just you 12, not just you 72. I'm going to empower people for all generations to do my work until I come again. I'm going to empower my people with my spirit, my breath, my presence. So they don't have to be alone. Like you talk about with Emmanuel, God with us at Christmas. But the spirit's like, I'm with you at all times. I'm with you. I won't leave you going to be hard. It's going to be some death in your life, to things, to actions, to desires, to influences, but I promise you it's better. I promise you it's better. The Holy Spirit is saying that. You have to want the power of the Spirit to overcome the sin in your life. We have to want His help to help the world around you. We have to know that we can't save the world. Only Jesus can. And the Spirit inside of us empowers us to walk walk with us. So the question is, is, do you want Him? Do you want to walk in that power? Do you want to walk in His Spirit? Are you hungry and thirsty for more wisdom and power than you can muster? Do you want to take on this work week like never before? And a confidence like never before? And a boldness like never before? Are you thirsty for the Holy Spirit? Because when... We're ready, he's ready. He's always there, he's just waiting for us. At times we try to intellectualize and explain everything we see and experience. And one of the things that I've learned to, because I want to analyze everything. Like, man, God, if I submit over to you and I give control to your Holy Spirit, like I might do some crazy things or some weird stuff. Like, we're not about that. We're about being people who submit and surrender to God. Surrender to his voice and his truth and his leading. Today is we sing again. King of glory, sing it once this morning. One of the lyrics I love in that song is why not start now? Let's start right now. December 21st or January 21st. Let's start now. Let's start today. Let's start today pursuing him, hungering and thirsting for him, responding with a spiritually hungry heart, hungry for the Holy Spirit. If it's if it's just asking. Jesus, fill me. Jesus, I need you. Start there. If it's that seeking, because you know you're not going to make it through on your own, seek after him. Knock on the door. Get after his presence. And so I'm going to invite you guys to stand here this morning. I invite you to stand. One, I'm not going to have you bow your heads, close your eyes. We're going we're gonna to take some steps and move. All right, I say it all the time. You get now free to move out the cabin. But let's start now. Let's start now. Let's start now. If you want... if you're hungry and you want some more of Jesus, come down to the front this morning. Come down to the front. That's all I'm saying right now. That's you. That's you. If you want more of Jesus, if you want more of Him, if if you need to spend some more time seeking, knocking, asking, now's the time. Let's go after Him. Let's get after Him. We know we can't overcome the things on our own. A lot of times when we posture ourselves and pursue Him and his, get in His presence and spend time with Him, He meets us, I promise you that. So as we posture and we pray and we seek His presence, know that He's right there with you. Right? He wants to, to do that work in your hearts. He wants to do that work in your lives. And so let's pray. I'm going to pray over this, pray over this, and we're going to sing a song, and we're going to spend some time pursuing Him. If you need prayer, find somebody. We'd love to pray with you but just get after Jesus this morning. God, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you, God, that you're speaking to us. God, we thank you for your spirit that Lord empowers us, Lord, to deal with the the sinful nature inside of us. And today, God, we want to put it to death. God, we want to say no to those things that are trying to steal, kill, and destroy and steer us away from you and say yes to your kingdom. Yes to your spirit. And so, Lord, for everyone here in this room, God, I pray that you would do a work in their hearts. God, you promised to give good gifts Lord, through your Holy Spirit to your children. And God, we want to pursue you, to pursue that. Lord, we posture ourselves now in a way, Lord, to receive your presence. God, to receive what you have for us. Lord, may we pursue you in a way, Lord, that, that you can meet us. Lord, we lay down our pride. We lay down ourselves. We lay down the lies. God, we lay down, Lord, the addictions. God, we lay down... Lord, our feelings. God, we lay down what people might think or judge, whatever it is. God, we just want you. We just want you, Jesus. God, fill us, Lord. Fill us. Fill this place, Lord, in your name. Amen. Let's pursue Jesus in this song right now.